Chapter 10, Henry and the Free-for-All James Henry Alden was a very rich man. His big mill stood just between Greenfield and Silver City. Now, J.H. Alden liked boys. He liked to see them running and jumping and playing. So each year, with three other rich men, he gave a field day to the town of Silver City, and even the mills were closed on field day. Every year, the boys were in training for the races, and not only boys, but men also, thin and fat, and girls trained for field day. There were prizes for all kinds of races, running and swimming and jumping. But the best one was a foot race, called a free-for-all because anyone could run in it. Mr. Alden gave a prize of $25 and a silver cup to the winner of the free-for-all. Sometimes a boy won the race, sometimes a girl. Once a fat man won the race. On field day, Henry was cutting the grass for Dr. Moore. Suddenly, the doctor stopped his car in the street and called to Henry. Hop in, he said. Today is field day, and I want you to see the races. Henry hopped in, and the doctor started the car. I'm sorry I can't go, said Dr. Moore, and I want to know all about it. I want you to tell me who wins each race. Soon, Henry found himself sitting on the bleachers. By and by, a small boy climbed up the bleachers and sat beside him. Then a man called, Free-for-all! Come and get ready! What is that? asked Henry. A free-for-all. Don't you know? asked the small boy. Didn't you see the one last year? No, said Henry. The boy laughed. That was a funny one, he said. There were two fat men in it and some girls and boys. The boy over there won it. You should have seen him. He ran so fast you could hardly see his legs at all. Henry looked at the winner of last year's race. He was smaller than Henry, but he was older. Suddenly, Henry stood up and quietly left the bleachers. He went to the room where the boys were getting ready for the race. Do you want to run in the race? A man asked him. Yes, I do, replied Henry. The man gave him some track clothes to put on. Where did you train, he asked. I never was trained, said Henry. These boys have been training all year, remarked the man. Oh, I don't think I'll win, answered Henry, but I like to run. It's lots of fun, you know. So it is, said the man, so it is. Henry could hardly wait for the race to begin. He loved to run, but at last the race was called. It was time to start. Henry was number four. Now, Henry began to think, it's a long race, he said to himself. I must go easy at first. The bell rang. Off went the runners down the track. In almost no time, Henry was far behind most of the other runners. But he did not seem to mind this. It's fun to run anyway, he said again to himself, and he tried to see how easily he could run. All at once, he had another thought. I have tried to see how easily I can run, he said to himself. Now I'll try to see how fast I can run. Then all the people began to see how fast Henry could run, really. He ran faster and faster, and soon he passed the two girls ahead of him. Then he passed the fat man and a little boy. The people began to shout, Number four! Number four! He was the kind of race they loved. Faster, faster, cried Henry to himself. I can run faster than this. 
And so he could. He passed number 25 and then number 6. And then he passed number 5 and then number 10. Only one runner was ahead of Henry now. It was number 16. Then Henry began to think of winning the race. He knew how much the $25 prize would mean to Jesse and the rest of the children. I'm going to win this, win this race, he said to himself. I must pass number 16. He ran faster. He could see the line at the end of the race. Number four, number four, number four, shouted the people. He's going to win. Hooray. When Henry was near number 16, he put his head down and ran as fast as he could. He passed number 16 and went across the line. He'd won. The people shouted and shouted. Some men held Henry up high and carried him to Mr. Alden for the prize. Then a, masked, then a man asked, What is your name, boy? Henry did not want to say. He did not want to tell his name, so he answered Henry James. Now, this was Henry's name, but it was not all of his name. At once the big sign said, said Henry James, number four, winner of free-for-all. Here is the prize, Henry James, said Mr. Alden. You can run well, my boy. I'd like to see you run. He gave Henry a silver cup and the $25. Then he shook hands with him. Just then, Dr. Moore came along and climbed up in the bleachers, but Henry did not see him. The doctor laughed to himself as Henry James shook hands with James Henry. At last, Henry got away from the people and started back to Dr. Moore's. He had the $25 prize in his pocket. When Dr. Moore came home and found Henry cutting the grass, he laughed quietly to himself. I just got home, said Henry. I will tell you who won all the races. Dr. Moore did not tell Henry that he had been up in the bleachers. He let Henry tell him all about the races. And who won the free-for-all, he asked. I did, said Henry. You did? cried Dr. Moore. Good for you. What are you going to do with the money? I'll give it to Jesse, answered Henry. Good, said the doctor again. When Henry arrived at the boxcar with the $25, he found dinner ready. Jesse had boiled up the rest of the vegetables and put butter on top. <coughs> the children began to eat, but hungry as they were, they stopped when Henry told them about the race and showed them the silver cup. They were so excited that they couldn't eat. You won the race, Henry, cried Jesse, delighted. Oh, I'm so glad. You can run fast, Henry, said Benny. I'm glad you won the race, too. He looked at the silver cup. I said my name was Henry James, said Henry. That's right, said Jesse. So it is. You didn't have to change it. Are we rich now, Henry? asked Benny. No, not very, really, said Henry, laughing. By the way, I bought something for supper. Jesse looked in the bag. There were some fat brown potatoes in it. Oh, I know how to cook these, cried Jesse happily. They will be good. You just wait. I can't wait, said Henry laughing. Then he went back to work. After dinner, Benny played with the dog. Benny, Jesse said suddenly as she hung her dish towels up to dry, it's high time you learned to read. No, said Benny. No school now. Jesse laughed. No, she said, you can't go to school, but I can help you. I wish I had a book. 
We could make a book, said Violet. We have all the papers left from bundles. So we could, replied Jessie. But what would could he, what could we use to make the words? We could use a burn stick out of the fire, said Violet. So Jessie put the end of a long stick into the fire and burned it black. Then she used the burned end to make words. Won't Henry be glad when he finds Benny can read? asked Violet. Now Benny did not want to learn to read, but he liked to watch the girls make the book. Jessie made the words see me in the book. She called Benny, but he could not tell see from me. Don't you see, Benny, said Jessie. This one has an S. It says C. This one has M. It says me. But Benny did not see. It's too hard for me, he said. I'll tell you, Jessie, said Violet at last. Let's make C on one paper and me on the other. That's the way they do in school. Then have him point to C. The girls did this. They called Benny and Jessie. And Jessie showed him again very carefully the word that said C. Then she put the two words on the ground. Now, Benny, point to C, said Jessie. Benny looked at the two words. He could not tell, but watch barked and put his paw on C. Now watch did not know one word from the other, but Benny thought he did. Was he going to let a dog get ahead of him? Not Benny. He looked at the words and learned them almost at once. Good old watch, said Jessie. It isn't hard at all, said Benny. Is it, Watch? Before supper, Benny could read. See me, see me run. I can run. Can you run? Good boy, said Jessie. Now I must get supper. The children started up the fire and washed the potatoes in the brook. Then Jessie put wet papers around them and put them in the fire under the hot stones. Are you going to burn them up, Jessie? asked Benny. Oh, no, Benny, said Jessie. You wait and see. When Henry came home, he found Jessie rolling the potatoes out of the fire. They were very black. Oh, did you burn them up, asked Henry. No, indeed, said Jessie. Come and see. She gave three black potatoes to each one. They're very hot, said Violet. Look out. Open them, said Jessie, and take out the potato with the spoon. Then put butter on top and some salt. I will get Benny's out. Well, how are they? Oh, cried Benny. They're delicious. What did I tell you? Said Jessie. Have some milk. Milk and potatoes make a very good supper, said Henry. I can read, remarked Benny. What? said Henry. Yes, he can, said Violet. He learned this afternoon and go and get your book, Benny. Benny liked to read now. It is not hard, he said. Watch can read too. Oh, can he, laughed Henry. Let's see him. Watch is too tired now, said Benny. I will read to you. Benny read out of his new book. Good old Benny, said Henry. Come to bed now. You must be tired with all that work. And I am tired too. Chapter 11. The Doctor Takes a Hand. The days went by happily for the boxcar children. They found more treasures in the dump, and Henry worked every day for Dr. Moore. One noon, Henry came home with some new stockings for Benny. 
Benny was very happy about them and made everyone admire them. And when Jessie looked at the new stockings, she had a happy thought. She carefully washed Benny's old stockings and hung them up to dry. That afternoon, she and Violet sat down with the work bag between them to make a bear for Benny. You must make a tail too, Jessie, begged Benny, watching her put on the arms and legs and head. Bears don't have tails, said Jessie. Your old bear didn't have a tail. But this bear must have a tail, replied Benny, knowing that Jessie would put on two tails if he asked her to. What kind of tail? asked Jessie at last. Long and thin, said Benny happily, so I can pull it. Benny, cried Jessie laughing. But she made a tail, long and thin, just as Benny had ordered. What's his name, Jessie? asked Benny. When at last the bear was handed over to him. I haven't thought about a name, replied Jessie. Why don't you think up a, na a nice name for him? Well, you made him out of my old stockings. Let's call him Stockings. All right, Stockings it is, agreed Jessie, trying not to laugh. And from that day on, the bear's name was Stockings as long as he lived, and he lived to be a very, very old bear indeed. One afternoon, Jessie saw how long Benny's hair was getting, and she cut it with violet scissors. Benny stood quietly while she did it. But while his sisters were getting supper, he said to himself, Jesse cut my hair. I'll get Violet's scissors and cut Watch's hair. He will look better. He found Violet's scissors and made Watch lie down on his side. Then he began to cut the hair off. Benny said, Good dog, Watch. You are Jesse's dog, and so I will cut a J into your hair. Hold still now. Watch lay still, and Benny began to cut a J. It was not a very good J, but it looked a little like one. Soon Benny had cut off all the hair on one side with the J in the middle. He stood admiring his work, and just then Jessie came to see what he was doing. Benny, she cried, what are you doing? Then she began to laugh. Oh, Violet, come and see, she called. Watch looks so funny. Jessie laughed and laughed until she almost cried. Violet laughed until she did cry. Then she could not stop crying. She cried and cried. At last, Jessie made up her mind that Violet was really sick. You must go to bed, Violet, she said. She helped her carefully into the boxcar and put pine needles all around her and under her. Then she wet a handkerchief in the cold water of the brook and laid it on her little sister's hot head. I wish Henry would come home, said Jessie. What shall we do? When Henry came at last, he looked at Violet and said that maybe she had a cold. Maybe she sat too long by the brook, he said. If Violet is very sick, she ought to go to the hospital, said Jessie. Yes, I know that, said Henry. And we don't want her to go to the hospital if we can help it. We should have to tell her name. Yes, said Jessie. Then Grandfather could find us. The two older children sat up with Violet. They put cold water on her head. But after dark, Violet shook all over and Jessie was frightened. She covered Violet all over with pine needles, but still she shook. They could not get her warm. I'm going to get Dr. Moore, said Henry. I'm afraid Violet is very sick. 
Then Henry started to run. He ran even faster than he had run in the race. Down the hill into the town he ran, until he came to Dr. Moore's house. Please come, he cried. Violet is very sick. The doctor said, come and get into my car. He did not ask Henry which way to go, but the car went up the right road. When they came to the woods, he said to Henry, stay here in the car. He ran alone up the hill to the boxcar. It seemed like magic that he knew where to go. When Dr. Moore came back, he was carrying Violet in his arms. Jesse and Benny and Watch came too. They all got into the car. Are you going to take her to a hospital, asked Henry. No, said Dr. Moore. I'm taking her to my house. When they stopped at last, Dr. Moore carried Violet into the house and said to his mother, Violet is very sick. We must put her to bed. Mrs. Moore hurried around, opening beds and bringing pillows, and Mary came from the kitchen with hot water bottles, and after a while, Violet began to get warm. Then Mrs. Moore came to get the other children. You must stay here all night, she said. She gave Henry and Benny a big bed, and Jesse slept in a little one. But Violet was so sick that the doctor did not go to bed all night. He would not leave her. He sat by her side until 10 o'clock in the morning. Before 10 o'clock, a man came to see the doctor. Mary told him he could wait, so he sat down in the living room. Soon, Benny came in. Where is the doctor? asked the man crossly. He's up in Violet's room, answered Benny. This means $5,000 to him if he will come down, said the man. Oh, he can't come now, said Benny. What do you mean, boy? asked the man. What is he doing? He's taking care of my sister Violet, said Benny. She is sick. And you mean he wouldn't leave her even if I gave him $5,000, asked the man. Yes, answered Benny. That's what I mean. Then the man said, You see, I have lost a little boy, and I think the doctor knows where he is. My little boy is just about as old as you are. Well, if you don't find him, maybe you can have me, remarked Benny. I like you. You do? cried the man. Come and get up in my lap. Benny climbed into the man's lap. Have you got a dog? he asked. No, said the man, he is dead now, but you can see him in my watch. Here it is. Benny looked at the dog. He looks like a very good dog, he said. I have a dog, too. His name is Watch. Just then, Watch came in with Dr. Moore. Good morning, said Dr. Moore. Benny, you can go and play with Watch. Benny ran out, and the man said, Dr. Moore, where are my grandchildren? That little boy is one of them, said Dr. Moore quietly. That beautiful little boy, said the man. Yes, Dr. Moore. They are all good children, but they are afraid of you. They are afraid you will find them. How do you know that, asked the man. They have changed their name, said the doctor. He looked at the man in a queer way. The big boy changed his name on field day. You saw him then. I saw him? What did he change his name to, asked the man. Henry James, said the doctor. The running boy, cried the man. The boy who run the free-for-all. I like that boy. So I am his grandfather. <laughs>